We stop everything, literally every project, no income. Three months, we just build whatever we can build and then we release. It was quite uh, exhausting and intense. Our son was born in June 27, 2020. And July the 1st, we just released Relay. Today, three and a half years uh, later, we are 21 full-time employees and, and killing it. You recommend to everybody having a technical co-founder? It's, it's, like it's like a marriage. This worked out really well with my wife as well. Don't try to find someone that is exactly like you try to find someone who is filling in the part that you're missing Whew, wow what a question oh you put it so well it's literally something that they would be killing you you will not sleep you will feel terrible you would just do whatever it takes to, to get it out what has to happen on the on the Bitcoin layers the more layers you have the more being non-custodial becomes challenging you were a developer and a founder uh, before Relay. You, you did something with blockchain projects. Uh, also, they have some, some tokens even. Um, how did you find your way to Bitcoin and even to a Bitcoin-only exchange? Yeah, I think this had a, a big impact on me finding the, the right way because I could see exactly what was happening in these projects. So I, I was a developer, so... Um, I got into the, I heard about the blockchain. Obviously I heard about Bitcoin first and at the same time the blockchain technology. So I was really into the, the tech initially. And I realized there was really a lot of issues for these projects to reach mass adoption. Mass adoption meaning that I was so excited about cryptocurrencies in general that I thought, you know what? It's a pity that not a lot of people can use it and for me, the bottleneck was user experience. So they all had to have a proper mobile wallet. And I was just working on mobile platforms and I combined both. So I was implementing mobile wallets for different crypto projects. And there it, it's relatively small teams. Uh, one was even less than 10. Another one was a bit bigger, but you could already see the, the human factor, the impact that these crypto projects are not, to me, they're not solving any financial aspect. They are here. They are interesting in terms of technology because some of them really bring some novelty. Um, but most of them are just technology startup. I rather call them startup. They are not really crypto projects for me. And if anyone wants to invest in their token or whatever, they should consider this as investing in a startup more than investing in a coin. And in this small, relatively small project, you can clearly see that taking a decision is a matter of a few minutes of discussion, and then you take a new decision. So all of a sudden, all the people who invested in this coin, they depend on the on, on, on these decisions that will be taken in, in, a, in, a, in a meeting that they are not even part of it. So there is really not, there is no proper consensus. There is, it, it really goes super fast. It's like, oh yeah, this is cool. Let's do this. And then all of a sudden you see it implemented without being able to, you know, take the time to think about its impact. And you just take decision on behalf of all these users. This is where Bitcoin is completely different. That's the only one where there is literally no CEO, right? All the other crypto projects, they have a CEO. Most of them, they have investors. So there is really the, the human impact that I really don't like because 
as a human being, we are easily biased. And this is what you don't have in Bitcoin. So, I mean, obviously, there are still humans taking decisions, but there is a consensus. There is no marketing department. Nobody is really trying to to bring Bitcoin to the top or the top as in um, not not the price, but just in front of more people, just because they just they need to hear about it. There is a lot history, historically speaking, physic, philosophically speaking, behind Bitcoin that you don't have in all these other projects. That, uh, because you just mentioned it, um, Rela is a VC company. Like you have uh, venture capital investment. You did not take the route of uh, launching a token or uh, doing something like that. Um, could, could this token launching and disrupt kind of the VC market or the, the stock market even? Or will there always be like traditional investors and kind of a stock market investors. How do you see that founding a company in maybe like 2040? Yeah, actually we, we are, we take care obviously of whoever is joining really as an investor. We, we don't just take anyone because they're bringing in money. Obviously this is very important from day one. It's all the, the, the culture, the vision of a startup. This has to be, shared across the whole board and not board as in, as in, uh, as in the board members, but the whole team, whoever is part of relay. And this also applies to the users. Obviously this is something we want to share and make sure that everybody can is on the same page. So it is important from the beginning. And, um, it is important that we have uh, VCs on board that knows about Bitcoin. They know exactly how it works. They are in for the long game. And we don't want anyone on board that will be like two years. We know that the VCs we have on board two years later, they will not come in and say, oh, what about this other token? For them, it's clear from day one, look, guys, we're Bitcoin only. This is what we are. If you're not interested, if this is already not a check for you, then please, uh, you have plenty of other options out there. Unfortunately, in our last round, we also had uh, EgoDev joining us, which is a Bitcoin only VC. So um, at the time... When we launched, we were still too small. And I think the, the environment was not that much, like there were not so much Bitcoin-only VCs around, especially for this uh, type of um, startup. It was really early stage. But now we have the luxury of having also Bitcoin-only VCs uh, out there and uh, and even have them on, on board now uh, with time chain, uh, concentric, all of this sort of really, they, they know what they're talking about. They know this is Bitcoin and uh, we don't need to worry about this. But then for other projects, it's obviously they are investing in, in, in a startup that they want to bring in a more. And the only way they can really make money is bringing on some new coin or some new token uh, that might hopefully make it somehow. Yeah. It's, it's impressive uh, staying at the Bitcoin only link. Now they are some few examples uh, with Rela, with 21 Bitcoin, with Coinfinity, like there are a lot of uh, Bitcoin only exchanges now out there, but uh, resisting the, I say to it, the shitcoin casino money, because I think uh, having a lot of shitcoins on the exchange, and I saw it with one, the first exchange I used was Bison, it was a German exchange, uh, and they were at the beginning just like five tokens and it was okay for me, and at that time well, I was also in Ethereum, uh, but then I completely changed away from uh, from Bison, I 
also made like a, a really wild tweet with like what exchange should I use? And there was like also Rela and 21 Bitcoin in there and like we had a lot of exchanges there, but um they brought up more and more shit coins and they are now, I think, even now bringing in more and more of this Shiba Inu. I, I remember seeing that message on my, my phone seeing like, oh, we now have Shiba Inu. Invest now your first. Like it was so, uh, I was like, this, this should not be on my phone. I, I don't want that shit. But how, like, th I think it's just impressive that really I could withstand that, that, that seduction of, 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 uh, having that money stream not how is it from an economical standpoint has it uh, advantages besides the ethnical advantages uh, having bitcoin only exchange it has both i mean obviously a lot of advantages and and as you said maybe a few disadvantages as well so maybe starting with the disadvantages because they're very obvious and you mentioned them it's it's easy money. It's just like if you are bringing in X uh, with or Bitcoin only, you can bring 2X if you add this other crypto and 3X if you add three more and 4X if you add four more. It's just, it's just easy math, right? And this is what anyone would do. It's like, yeah, but if you're already, it's working so well with Bitcoin, just add a few more and this will double, triple whatever your revenues. And, and, Fortunately, this is nothing close to what we thought from the beginning. It was very clear for us. And it's also very good because it's good to start with a niche. It, it helps you focus. I think that's what we are very good at, being focused on just one thing and being the best at it. And this helps. This is, this is true for, for whatever uh, company, startup out there, not only in the, the financial sector, but wherever you are, you cannot just start trying to reach out to everybody even if you wanted to, we, we never wanted anyway. And, and the other way, the, the biggest advantage is whoever is on board really knows what they're talking about. And this is such a, a strength that you don't realize until, until you get there, right? Having every team member being purely on Bitcoin, having VCs, Bitcoin only VCs, having users that are just plebs and, and really, the only thing they want is, is, is Bitcoin and Bitcoin only. And uh, the feedback you get from them, the, the support you get from them is nowhere close to what you would get from a more broad uh, mass or a broad user base or a broad VCs. There you will only get a little bit from here, a little bit from there. But here there is such a strong signal and you can't get this anywhere else. And this signal is important because that's what keeps us alive. That's what... You know, it's this drive that when you wake up every morning, you want to get to somewhere, you want to reach somewhere and you want to do whatever it takes to, 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 to reach out to this, to this goal. And this you will not get in more generic or shitcoin casinos because obviously you don't care. Okay, Shiba Inu, what's next? And every day you add one more, you add one more, you lose the whole interest. There's nothing. It, it just becomes some sort of, of a machine where by clicking a button, you just keep adding more. You lose really what are you even doing? I mean, it's fine if you are in for the money, just do it. But, but you also have all this responsibility with all these, these users. You're putting a lot of people at risk. It just doesn't make any sense. And I know for a fact that uh, I, I couldn't work in any project like this. I couldn't handle it and I would have left already a while ago.
Nou ja, also vind ik dat is een big, um, um, big factor in for the next like couple of years, because I think over the years Bitcoin only will uh, be more and more obvious to everybody and also to talent. Like there will be uh, software developers, there will be uh, skilled marketing uh, people, there will be podcasters, for example, I only take Bitcoin only people on. Like if they're, if I see in the bio anything else or in any tweets, anything else, um, uh, I, I just don't do it with them. And there are more and more podcasts coming out. There are more and more influencers coming out that are Bitcoin only. Like I think at some point, uh, it will be even a liability to have anything else than Bitcoin on, uh, on the exchange or on, on, on the portfolio. Um, yeah. but it, it's still a really impressive, uh, thing to do. Maybe let's, let's take a step back. Uh, how did you find Julian and how did the whole founding story of Relay uh, go? Yeah, sure. Um, so this one, we, we met first online. So, you know, as I said, I was working on this different, um, with these different crypto projects, implementing wallets and all. And I remember joining the, in, in Switzerland, um, Crypto in general and, and Bitcoin is very strong. So there is a strong community. There is a city called Tsuk, which is also called the, the Crypto Valley. That's where all the, the crypto projects, they have their foundation, their association, whatever, because legally speaking for legislation and everything, it's really easy. So in, in terms of uh, uh, Bitcoin and crypto, Switzerland has been always very, very strong. And there is a Swiss Bitcoin association. But I, I just joined the Telegram channel and I just introduced myself. This was end of 2018, and and straight away, straight away, just Julian reached out. He was like, "Oh, um, by the way, I want to do this for uh, for Bitcoin, like whatever you do, like an easy wallet, an easy onboarding, offboarding for for Bitcoin." And then I was like, "Yeah, sure, but Bitcoin is already very easy." You know, I was coming from these crypto projects where technically they're really challenging, like you need really to to put a lot of efforts in, in bringing it to mobile. It was very complicated. And I was like, Bitcoin is easy. There are a lot of wallets out there and all of this. And then he convinced me that it's not easy. But obviously I was biased. I'm coming from the from the tech world. I am, I am a geek. So I know exactly how Bitcoin works, creating a wallet, sending, receiving. It has always been easy, but I was a bit behind my just my computer. Nobody in my family was interested in Bitcoin and all. But it was the opposite for him. His family was interested and they were asking him, oh, I want to get into Bitcoin. I just can't. And at the time it was all the... The, the, the KYC craziness with the pictures and, you know, you have to hold this name board and you know, I want to register to your platform and you had to onboard in a few different exchanges you, if you really wanted to get it to work. You, you had to hold and board? Like I know the, the process where you have to like swipe your hands before and stuff like that, but the board you have to hold? Wow. A board, it was, it was a paper. You had to write your first name, last name, the date, <laughs> and you had to take a picture like this. Uh, and uh, this was the, the old KYC uh, processes and to, to send it to different uh, uh, platforms. But every time you had to renew it, because I think you had the name of the platform in the, the picture, so you couldn't reuse it. Um, but, but that was quite, uh, quite cumbersome. I mean, it was not easy. You didn't want to go through all of this. And he convinced me. I was like, yeah, actually, you're right. And, um, and that's how it all started. So... January 2019, and then for a year, a bit more than a year, it was on and off. We both had our own still projects ongoing. So we didn't really put a 100% of our energy there. 
we did a hackathon that was the first time where we put some code together where we had the first um, mvp of, of a mobile app uh, very ugly but still it was something that we we started with and then we we also talked to a few um, investors mostly angel investors even vcs and we always had the same message they were like look if you're not putting 200 percent of your time and your efforts in your own project there is no way i'm going to put any money in that one because it looks like even you don't believe in your project if you don't put all your efforts in your own project and we're like yeah well they're right so we we decided to to stop everything we just needed a bit of money to to pay the bills at the end of the month, because if we stop everything and we don't have any money, well, we need something still to pay the bills. And Julian was just going through, you know, different cha different challenges, different uh, competitions for startups and all to try to get a bit of money. And then we found these two angel investors. He could raise like, I think it was 15K, one five, uh, 15,000 Swiss francs. And that's all we got to put something out. So we said, okay, you know what? We stop everything, literally every project, no income. We just uh, focus three months. That was what we agreed on. Three months, we just build whatever we can build and then we release it. We started April the 1st. So it's, it's, not, it's not a joke. We really start, started April the 1st. So every year, April the 1st is, oh, did we really start on April the 1st? Why did we do that? So 2020, and we said in July, beginning of July, whatever is there, we just release it. And it was only Julian and me. I, I was the only one coding and he was the one handling all the rest, like marketing, like business, whatever. And this worked out really well because I really needed to be just be coding all my whole time. I don't want to. And this was what I'm really the best at. And he was managing the rest very well. And, and this turned out to be very good. It was quite uh, exhausting and intense. Uh, we were also having our first uh, baby. So he was born in uh, June 27th. Oh, Our son was born in June 27th, 2020. And July the 1st, we just released Relay. So um, they're both they're both the same age. And I always like to joke that I have two babies, actually. One is Relay and one is, uh, one is my son. With the same age. <laughs> With the, exactly the same age. I think they're like three, four days. Uh, for, they are apart. And... I don't know how I did it. You know, it's just the, the whole hype and everything. It's like, uh, it was really, really tough. And especially at the beginning, it's tough. You really want to put a lot of efforts there. And at the same time, you have this human being, this little baby at home who, and it's, it's our first, so you don't really know how to handle it. So yeah, it was, uh, it was quite intense, but, uh, but very happy we did it. This was really the way to go. We had a deadline. Whatever happens, it had to be out. And July the 1st, we just released the first version, 2020. And, and today, three and a half years uh, later, we are 21 full-time employees and, and killing it. So I'm, I'm really happy that we, we did that move. There are two things standing out for me. Like the first that you, you had the foresight and put yourself a deadline. Like I think a lot of projects start and they're like, oh, let's try a few things and then let's push it out. And they're never giving them like, okay, this day I'm starting out. And the second thing is that you actually... Um, really completely had two roles with the, the technical role and everything else handling. Um, and you also tweeted, I saw it in your timeline that you tweeted out um, that you recommend to everybody having a technical co-founder and also if you're technical, having a, a, a partner that's not non-technical, that's uh, economically. Um, yeah. How did this help and why are you recommending to, to, to do this 
lag that way. Yeah, this this helped a lot. This helped like tremendously. And the two points that you mentioned both were very important. And so the first one about the deadline, as you said, and here I may be talking to developers more because this is like a, like a I don't want to call it a disease, but this is an issue we have uh, as developers. We 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 have a lot of I have a temporary folder in my Mac somewhere where I still have a lot of projects that I never released. It's both the the fear of being in front of all these users all at once. And it's also the, the perfectionism that is uh, hitting us there. And every day, you know, it's been three and a half years that really we have a killer team, a developer team and a marketing team. And, and like, we are really killing it. And it's still not perfect because it will never be perfect. And if I had to wait for, oh, wait, Julian, I still need to implement this. Oh, by the way, let's wait for, for Taproot. Oh, let's wait for this. Let's wait for that. We would have never released it. And this came from, from Julian. He was like, no, you know what? July the 1st, we release whatever happens. Because this is, this is something we struggle with a lot as a developers. It, it's our baby. We want it to be perfect. There is, and the problem is there is always something you can work on. Always, literally. And at some point, you need to stop and to get it out there. So uh, there is a saying, just ship it. Just ship it. It will never be perfect and you will always need to work on it. So that's the first part. And the other part is, I mean, obviously, both of us could do it uh, separately. I could just go out to a business course, a marketing course, and then just get out and, and implement it and put it out there. Or Julian could have done the same. He could have learned a bit about programming and get it out there, right? But, but anyways, starting something like this is already time-consuming, energy-consuming, and you cannot be the best at, at many things, at everything. And here what works out really good is that, look, I'm the best at programming, and you're killing it. It was not his first startup anyway in the financial sector. He already had two before. And you're the best at killing it, like whatever is business-related and networking, and then going out, looking for, for funding, looking for VCs and, and doing the marketing initially until we got some, some marketing department. And this is, this is the core team. And the core team, you need, you need the two members to bring in whatever they can. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a marriage. So, and this worked out really well with my wife as well. We are very different with my wife. We're almost the opposite. She is an introvert. No, I am the introvert. She is the extrovert. She likes to do things like completely unplanned and on the spot. I'm like, no, no, no. If it's not in my calendar, I'm not doing it. There is no way. But then together, it just makes, it just happens to be that a super strong team because she can bring on the table what I cannot. This is exactly the same with, with Julian. He's really extrovert. He likes to go out, talk to a lot of people. And I'm like, you know what? Just, just give me a computer. I'm in front of my computer. I'm very comfortable. Let me just do this. And, and I'm really good at it. And, and I can bring this uh, to the world uh, much, much faster. If at the same time, you can uh, focus on the other parties that are all very critical for a startup. So that's why I recommend. And it's also the fact that you are not alone because alone, you lose track of a lot of things. Alone, you lose track of deadlines. You don't have any, like you don't have anyone you depend on. You're, you're not promising anyone that you will be uh, delivering and, and then you're just like, well, whatever. What if I don't release on July the 1st? Nobody cares, right? I can wait for 
August, it's summertime, let's just go take some break and then I will come back energized and then I will release it. So, so it gets very, very tricky and it also gets, even for celebration, I mean, when you want to celebrate something, you want to be together, to party together and not alone. So all in all, it, it makes a lot of sense to have anyway co-founder, a team, and to be a team, you need to be more than one and they have to be complementary. Complementary is the keyword here. Don't try to find someone that is exactly like you. This won't help. I mean, especially for a startup, this will not help. Try to find someone who is filling in the part that you're missing. Mm, that's... Or the parts that you're missing in, in plural, because you might be missing a few. And it doesn't have to be only one person. It can be two or three. Still keep it limited, because then you have other challenges when it's too big. But that's why I think a core team and complementary team is very important. And when we are now looking back, like Relay is now going on for, uh, you're in the fourth year, right? Mm -hmm. um, yes. I saw a post of yours of the diary of a CEO uh, picture uh, with Kaysian. And I, right. by the way, love that podcast. And I also saw the, that episode with, with Casey. Um, and you posted like uh, that Casey said, I would never do a software company. And uh, you said, you don't have to uh, leave it to me. Um, what's, your, what's your biggest learning from like having Rile as a CTO, as a founder? What, what did you learn about software developing companies uh, that provide services for, for so many, many people? Whew. Well, what a question. Yeah, well, it, 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 there is so much to say. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know where to start, to be honest. So um, I, I really love that podcast as well. And Casey was like, you know what, you guys, this is not something I can do. And it also goes back to what I mentioned earlier. You know, there is always something you're very good at, and it makes sense to just focus on that. I'm not saying that Casey is bad at, at doing a, a company, a software development company, but he is the first name that comes to your mind whenever anyone says vlog. Right. Oh, Casey Neistat. And, and this guy has just been like, it's fabulous what he's been doing. And, and that's what he wanted to bring in as well. Like the, the challenges that are there as a software development company are, are out of his expertise. And he wasn't expecting all of this. And, and he made it. He was also very successful. But I can understand that all, the, all these challenges he had, he was not prepared for them. And, 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 and he ended up like being saying something like this. And, and it was funny hearing him uh, say that. So for me, it's like I used, I used to work, scaling was a big problem. I used to work alone for, for quite some time. And, and when you work alone, you try to be efficient. You try to be fast without always thinking long-term. You know, you just want to get the, the, the work, the job out. And you're like, okay, well, this is what I did. And I'm happy with that. So I uh, deal with it. And I will deal with the consequences or the problems later. This is also called um, tech debt. So whenever you start a project, you will be accumulating tech debt. Tech debt is something that will hit you back in a few years because you took a shortcut today because you had to do it. So you take a shortcut today, you are happy today, but in three years, it will be like, you remember this shortcut, by the way? Well, this is going to be a big problem now. Um, and, and this happens in every software development company. Uh, but for me, one of the biggest challenge was to go from uh, one person team. It's not a team, but one person to becoming a team and, and make sure that we can work um, together in, in harmony 
and split the tasks appropriately and, and make sure that you know nothing is forgotten everybody's happy and and we're still uh, killing it in terms of of uh, scalability performance um, feature implementation and all of this because I also have a tweet that I really love uh, it's about uh, the first version of the Relay app didn't have any tests written. You know, in software development, you write tests for your code. There are a lot of types of tests that you should write. So write your test, but don't focus on writing your test if it's not a, a, a project that is out there for a few weeks or months or years even already. Don't, don't try to overcomplicate things at the beginning. The first version of Relay didn't have any tests, didn't have proper logging. So when there was an error, I didn't even know what was happening. I had to go myself and dig deep. And it was, it was a nightmare to do this. But if I was focusing too much on all of these things, Relay would still be here in, in, in the software. And we would never have this podcast because Relay wouldn't be what it is today. Uh, so I think it's important to, to do things step by step. So you will start alone. You will be both the front-end developers, back-end developer, DevOps, and CTO. You're the CTO to yourself. But anyway, you are the CTO because you need, you need a title. So it's this, uh, you know, you have multiple hats. This is the whole thing that this is a very known, uh, this is how do you picture yourself in a startup. You have different hats. You, now it's a CTO hat when you're talking to investors or, or you know, uh, anything like that. And then you have your developer hat when you're coding. And then you might have your support because we're also doing support with, with Julian and he was sending me screenshot or this user has this problem or they were reaching out to me, DMing me because they had problems. So initially it's a lot of things at the same time and you shouldn't be afraid of that. This is totally part of, of the business. It's also fun. Seriously, I really enjoyed this. But then over time, if you want to scale, if you want to get bigger, that's when you start hiring. Then you hire a front-end developer, you hire a back-end developer, you become a team. With the team starts communication problems or issues you need to deal with. You need to make sure that communication is well done. Nobody is forgetting anything um, and that it's still uh, going very well. And, and then the team grows. The front-end team becomes two, three developers. The back-end team becomes two, three developers. Uh, the same for support. You're like, look, I'm not supposed I my energy is worth uh, putting more into uh, the tech aspect. Let's hire someone for the support. So we make sure that everybody in the team, everybody in the team has an expertise on something and that's what they should focus 100% of their time. Maybe not 100, but 90% of their time should be focused on what they are the best at. That's why they are joining our team to bring in their expertise. So we say that when we hire someone, they are the one telling us what to do and not us telling them what to do because they are the expert and we need them on board because of their expertise. So... And then you start focusing. You need to make sure that every team member is focusing on what they are doing the best. So all of these were just learnings uh, for four years of, of building building such a startup because it's nowhere comparable to any startup that I had before. Uh, the, the, the level where we were about Relay is, is, is also a first for me. And, and still today, still today, I'm, I'm learning so much and, and it's always challenging and it's always a bit of uh, excitement some fires burning here and there that you need to handle and, and that's why I, I love the, the startup world and uh, so far these are the the small learnings I had and compared to what is coming I think it's it's nothing
Yeah, it's uh, it's always a, it's a wild ride the the life, and there's a lot of challenges coming. And when you have the challenge, you're like, oh shit, how should I overcome this? And two years afterwards, you're bigger, you're better, and you're thinking like, how could I even worry about this one? <laughs> so I think this is exactly. A big thing. Yeah. Oh, you put it so well. Rich, literally something that day would be killing you. You will not sleep. You will feel terrible. You would just do whatever it takes to, to get it out. And two years later, you'll be, did I really put all of this uh, worries and all for that? But, but it was worth it. I mean, you needed this at the time. Today, you need something else. But it's just that you need to go with it. And it's, it's such a cliche to say, enjoy the journey. But it, it's really, it's, it's all about the journey. And it's a cliche for a reason. Because you just need to, to enjoy it at the time. Whatever comes now uh, will be completely different in a year or so. But you, today, you need to deal with that if you want to be somewhere else in, in, in a year or even a month later. But today, this is the priority. This is just what needs to be handled. Uh, journey is also maybe a good point for the next question. Um, moving on to Bitcoin and something that a lot of Bitcoiners also think about. How will... Bitcoin scale next hundred years to onboard like eight billion people. If like this fruition of like everyone having Bitcoin, maybe even even being a payment system, where the, like the I in my bio right, I'm not stopped tweeting about Bitcoin till it's the base layer of our financial system, and like how can we uh, succeed in that what has to happen on the on the bitcoin layers how many layers will be there will it be like two or will it be uh, 10 layers uh, will we be even there with bitcoin as a payment system will it always be an asset like the whole whole package of bitcoin scaling transaction fees what what are you thinking about that yeah it's a pity uh, you took me a bit uh on the spot here, just a few hours ago, they announced a, a podcast. Peter McCormack announced a podcast with John Carvalho and Giacomo talking about scaling solutions. <laughs> I, I wish I would have listened to that one and I would bring you an, an easier an easier answer. But uh, yeah, actually, uh, so we, we are obviously, um, this is something that, that we care a lot. Why? Because looking at what happened recently, and, and since the beginning, we've been only on-chain only, so layer one, and looking at what happened recently, it, it becoming quite it's, it's becoming quite challenging to to be uh, dependent on 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 chain fees so much, um, because although although we appreciate and we really believe in um, in our users owning their Bitcoin, uh, that's why we've been non custodial from from the beginning, and and we want to stay non custodial. It's getting more challenging. The more layers you have the more being non-custodial becomes challenging. On layer one, even on layer one, it's, it's already challenging. So imagine on L2, L3. Um, and now already in May, last year, in 2023, in May, we, with, with the craziness of, uh, you know, BRC20s, uh, ordinals, inscriptions, all of this, we had a bit of a peak in the fees and this went really even worse in, uh, in December. And we need to make sure that when we handle all these UTXOs and all of this, uh, because we are an on-ramp and users are, are stacking with us on a weekly, monthly basis. And when the fees are at one sats per byte, even if you have hundreds of UTXOs, you can still handle it. But then it becomes a problem when the, when the fees go high. And that's why we need to already 
uh, and we've been already looking at these solutions for, for some time now. We just had two main problems with already before going to L2, to Lightning. Uh, we had the, the non-custodial problem and the liquidity problem. So we wanted to stay non-custodial and we couldn't afford putting like a lot of liquidity on Lightning, just opening a lot of channels. Yeah, hell yeah, here is 100 more Bitcoin for, for Lightning and let's open a lot of channels to all of our users because we didn't have 100 Bitcoin and we didn't have the, the money to put in. Uh, we are still a, a relatively early phase uh, startup. Um, and we were in touch with with whoever, any name that can come to your mind related to Lightning, we were in touch with them. And uh, obviously giving them also information and data, and they were helping us find a solution. And we ended up with um, collaborating with Breeze on that. So we are integrating a Lightning wallet now in the Relay wallet, a non-custodial Lightning wallet, very important. And we will release it by the end of January, 2024 to all our users. We are now testing it. Uh, it's open for, for beta testing. But right now it's only the front end. So it's only a Lightning wallet. Users can still not buy or sell via Lightning. And this will come later this year. This is already the challenges that we had to go to Lightning, three and a half years. And Lightning was already live and working when we launched. So we could have put efforts already then and tried to, to come up with something. But, but we are not also working at the protocol. We are not, that's not our core uh, business or uh, wh where, we, where we excel at. There are people that are really killing it at that and we leave it to them. It, it will be totally unfair to say that, oh, you know what? We brought this to Lightning, so uh, it's all our effort. No, no, no. We just rely on, uh, on people working on the, on the protocol itself, bringing the, these tools that will make it easier uh, for us and for our users. <clears throat> so now this is already one step ahead. And although there will be some onboarding fees on Lightning, once we are there, it will be faster and cheaper for our users. So we'll not need to worry about UTXOs and all. And then you mentioned also other layers, and I think that's where we are heading to. It's too early to say anything about L3, L4, whatever, but... Um, but the way, and I like at the time when they announced Web5, you know, as also a bit of a joke to Web3. And, and that's where we are heading to. Uh, I really like what the Synonym team is doing with John Carvalho and um, Slash Tags, I think they are called. They will, they will rename it. But, you know, it's the whole aspect that, yes, Bitcoin L1 is all the, the financial aspect, the monetary structure and everything. But then there is a lot on top of it, like, you know, things like social sending, things like a user, they, they work a lot with the user experience. As a user, you don't need to worry about receiving on-chain, receiving on Lightning, opening channels, what is my address? No, these are all complications we want to get rid for the user. The user shouldn't really worry about all of this. And these are things that we shouldn't work on at, 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 at the network layer at L1. These are things we should fix at L2, L3 level because that's what it makes sense. It, we shouldn't just clock the, the, the network for such relatively easy or unnecessary things, I would say. So that's why I think that there will be much more layers. I really believe there will be much more layers. There are also things that are not problematic today, but they will end up being a problem later that we are not aware of. 
and we shouldn't try to fix these on, on, on the main layer. It's just working perfectly fine as is. And, uh, and the way it's going, we are going towards a main layer where uh, we will have higher and higher fees and we will be using it for big transactions. And we will be using already Lightning Network or any other L2 solutions for much smaller transactions at the lower fees. Yeah, this is, the, this is also the way I see it. I think the layer one is uh, the, an amazing, elegant uh, solution uh, as a settlement layer, uh, if, if we call it that. There are also a lot of other names we can call it. Um, and then the payment and all the other aspects uh, we, can uh, we can put on layers above it. Um, before we get to the uh community questions i have uh, a personal a personal one for you because it, mm -hmm. it seems that you and also julian uh post a lot about their the sportiness and uh, is it is it something across the relay team i i saw a, a picture of, of of the relay team and they all looked kind of sporty <laughs> and so like what's your like fitness and eating routine and your health routine <laughs> uh what is this looking like yeah yeah actually it is i mean um there is literally so we do twice a year we do a relay summit you probably saw some pictures we share also a lot about pictures yeah we meet in different locations every year two times um we did zurich to start with because it's where where relay was born uh we did lisbon berlin istanbul uh we did palermo recently we are doing um Wien. Uh, Vienna recently, as we will do this year. So, uh, um, and every time we meet in the summits, it's true that uh, fitness is always coming to the to to the topic, to the discussion. And I wouldn't say the whole team, but there is always a part of the team that is also doing going to the gym or going for a run, even during the summits. And I think this is this is this is a lifestyle. I mean, it's not part of our interviewing process. <laughs> You don't need you don't need to be going to the gym if you want to be part of the the team. But it, it's just it's just um, it's just a lifestyle, and and this really shows how structured you are in your life. Look, I used to wake up at half past five or at six just to go to the gym before everybody wakes up, just that I'm ready for my day. And you don't realize it at the time. You just feel happy because you're going to the gym. But what it does, it just structures your whole day. You're starting your day by being punctual and by really putting a lot of energy to your health and your well-being. There is no way that this day ends up bad. I mean, this is just what it is, right? So it's like this whole A-player strategy. And I think it's if you're really killing it in one domain of your life, you will end up, if you look at that person, you will see that, well, actually they care about their, their, their wealth, their health, because they need to be in a good shape if, if you want to kill it. This just goes together. You need to be eating well and take care of your health if you want to be performing well also in, um, in, in your job. And especially in the startup world where, where it's, it's quite intense and, and requirements can be tough and you need to be ready and you need to be... You, you can never be ready, although you need to be ready. So all, all in all, it, it goes together that you, 
the better you are in your in your life, especially health wise, being nutrition and, and, and sport, the better you will perform. And so it goes the other way around. So whoever we end up hiring or whoever ends up being like, wow, this this guy is a killer or this girl is a killer, they also end up be taking care of their uh, health very, very uh, carefully. And I think that's that's just, it just goes together. That's why it probably looks like this, but it's not that in the CV we are requesting your uh, diet and your your um, your uh, uh, fitness level. But yeah, like uh, Imo did uh, his uh, marathon last year. Julian is going for one this year. Now, although I am more in weightlifting, then I'm like, hmm, maybe I should go for a marathon as well. You know, and then it goes well together. And it's like we talk about marathon at every summit. And we also had Yannick doing one in our team. We have Tamas just doing cycling. So what you said is really true, but it, it goes the other way around. We, whoever we brought in the team and that shows this, um, this willingness of killing it, actually, they are all very careful about their health. Yeah, that's uh, that's amazing. I think there's also like a group thing, like when a lot of people are so like-minded with Bitcoin and early adoption of Bitcoin and they are so curious about life, they're mindful about what they're doing. Of course, they're also looking about uh, looking about their health and wealth. So that's, that's, that's just a, almost a no-brainer that uh, such an early Bitcoin-only team uh, is caring about the health. Um, Moving on to the community questions, I got two interesting ones. Uh, the first one is a technical one. The, the second one is a personal one. Uh, the first one, it seems that Relay is targeting mainly beginners. Uh, are you going to develop tools and settings for more advanced users? And he wrote some uh, uh, examples for mul multiple addresses, change addresses, UTXO management, is this something yeah. going to happen on, on Relay? Very good question. I love that question because I hear that uh, that a lot. And fair enough, because sometimes it looks counterintuitive because we are like Bitcoiners. And in the end, our Relay wallet is like, well, you know, there are better wallets out there. And I'm like, yes, fair enough. We are not the best when it comes to implementing best practices. And I'm not saying this as, as if I don't care. Obviously, I do care, but there is a balance between what we can do and what our users expect. So, for example, coin control. We didn't have proper coin control for some time. We had an issue. We fixed it now. It's coming, but there is no advanced coin control. So you cannot go in the settings and select some coins you want to spend or ignore some coins you don't want to spend. This is not in the relay wallet. Another one that is getting critical now and we're working on is address change. Initially, we just said, you know what, this is how it has to be. And this for, for various reasons. It's not only because it was easy to implement. It was also because our broker was not supporting it at the time. We were working with a third-party broker. We didn't have our own broker. And the second one is it was already a big challenge for our users. In the question, you mentioned newcomers or newbies. And that's exactly from the beginning. This is our target market um i mean we never claim to be for uh, for advanced bitcoiners we appreciate their support and we are all uh bitcoiners in the team we know that there are still a lot of things we need to improve but we need to improve them in a very user experience efficient way we cannot just go out and implement address change 
because every time a user will go to the receive button, they will see a different address and they will freak out. They will literally freak out. The way they want to use Bitcoin is the way they use their banking system. You only have one IBAN and you share this IBAN with everybody. And they end up by just having one wallet address and they share it with everybody. Again, it's terrible, it's terrible for privacy and we are already taking measures. We're talking about solutions currently in, in the team, obviously. Could it have come earlier? Yes, but at the cost where we might have lost some users because it was really not easy for them. And it does, it's the same for a lot of features. So some people are asking about why not Taproot now? Yes, Taproot is also good. We could also work on that and try to get it there. But there are a lot of things we need to work for our target market that would bring in more awareness and more people into Bitcoin than Taproot in the relay wallet. Taproot is very good if you have a, um, a multi-sig uh, wallet, uh, but then it's also not ideal. If you don't have a multi-sig wallet, it's also not ideal for the fees where a SegWit is handling it better. So all of this, all of this together, it was an easy decision to say, you know what, for now we leave Taproot aside. We will get there. We started with legacy very quickly. We went to, to nested SegWit, but then again, our broker was not supported uh, native SegWit, so we had to wait to implement our own broker to go full SegWit. But it's 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 exactly what is happening. We are aware of these limitations, and we are just implementing them as they come and as much as they are user friendly. What we do and what we did for some time was to hide some of them in an advanced feature, so you could go to the settings and click uh, enable advanced features. And then in the app, you would see things like you could select custom fees. When you send a, a transaction, you could select custom fees. You could put one sats per byte and it will go with one sats per byte. And then even this ended up being quite problematic. We had a lot of support tickets piling up because the transaction was, was stuck in the mempool. So then we were like, you know what, let's maybe remove it and just put three options, uh, fast, medium, and slow. And this turned out to help a lot and work better. So... We will get to a point where I think anyway, we will implement them. We will maybe initially hide them behind a feature, like a, an advanced feature. And if it's disabled, by default, users will not see it. Only if they enable it, they will see these advanced options. And over time, try to make it the default also for newbies as soon as they become user-friendly with UX and UI. From day one, this is the biggest challenge we had at Relay. It's always solving UI, UX problems more than solving technical problems. Technical problems, there are a lot of people out there doing it better than us, coming up with bips, improvements, whatever on Lightning or, or, on, or on Bitcoin. And what we do is take them and try to make them user-friendly. Oh, that's, that's great. And then I think it also, if you, and you touched on it, if you have all the implementations, you, 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 lose, you lose a lot of beginners in the app. Uh, because I also think of, Oh, if my uncle who has no clue about technical stuff, who wants to be in Bitcoin because he understands it on a financial level, uh, he should have a really easy onboarding. Like he should have that app where I can just send him the referral link and he can uh, get his first uh, Bitcoin in a, f a few minutes or an hour or something like that. And then, uh, then from that moment on, he can learn uh, about self-custody later. He, he can learn about UTXO management. He can learn about all the things he has to learn 
a little later. Like we don't have to overwhelm uh, newbies for Bitcoin at the first minute. I also had Daniel from 21 Bitcoin on and he was also mm -hmm. like, first, let's give them Bitcoin. Let's give them the exposure and uh, they can learn along the way. At, when I first bought Bitcoin, I did not even understand what it was. Like <laughs> I had no clue. I never heard UTXO. Uh, UTXO actually only heard uh, in 2023. And I'm uh, <laughs> and, and I'm Bitcoin only since 2021. So I I, I, yeah. I, I learned really late. Uh, so I think everybody has his own learning process and his mm -hmm. learning journey. And there's a lot of advantages of having really and other Bitcoin only apps that are just a really easy on ramp uh, to the Bitcoin world. And it's important that we have a lot of different options. That there are wallets out there with all the controls for the advanced users and then there's wallets for the beginners and i, I like that uh, really is around and bringing uh, the masses onto the bitcoin as as we all do and uh, that you join uh, that you are in for the for the mission um definitely we have the second uh, question is a personal one how do you and maybe uh, i need some tips actually from you in, in that regard how do you mm -hmm. grow your beard <laughs> okay fair enough uh good one okay good one well I, I would have never thought that i would leave such a such a beard i must say i'm i'm, I'm uh, always i always been the clean shaved guy and you know i was like no it has to be clean shaved and all i think this is the the the, the before bitcoin and after bitcoin it's, uh, <laughs> uh, it, it turned out to to, to look pretty good and uh you know, obviously, I had to. I had the. I had the talk, the talk with my wife, and I was like, "Yeah, okay, let's give it a try." And now it's like, "Yeah, you keep it. There is no way you get rid of this." But uh, um, I am a bit uh, lucky or biased in that one because here the the DNA plays a big role, and um, and I have Turkish origins. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's not a problem to grow a beard. It's more a problem not to grow a beard in, uh, <laughs> for, uh, for for Turkish people. And uh, so it was relatively easy. Actually, I think it's, I should trim it a bit. It's getting a bit too much now, but I get so used to it now. And, and, and I like it. It goes so well with the whole uh, lightning topic and Zeus, you know, uh, with the beard. And I was joking uh, last time on, uh, <clears throat> on Twitter that, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Bitcoin Zeus. Uh, I have the beard, but now I need to build the body, right? Because he's like, Zeus is really uh, massive, uh, a lot of muscles. So now I'm working on the body because the beard was the easy part. Now I need the body. But yeah, I mean, it, it's not about, uh, there is no secret oil or uh, <laughs> or lotion that I can recommend you, unfortunately. So uh, yeah, it's all in the, it's all in the DNA. Yeah, I'm, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fair enough. We, we're having the end routine and maybe if you're a fan of the diary of a CEO, you know where the end routine is coming from because I just stole it yeah. from him where the previous guest asked the question for, for the next guest. Um, and the question, uh, and that's, we, we touched on it a little bit. Uh, what do you think ordinals pose a risk or opportunity for Bitcoin and uh, why? Uh, for me, I don't like these things happening on the main chain, on the main layer. Ordinals, inscriptions, BRC20. Especially BRC20 and all these meme, meme coins, they literally have no utility. And I consider this an attack on Bitcoin. It, it's obvious. And they are not even hiding. I mean, it's, it would be quite 
stupid to say that yeah, no, they are. It's the technical uh, advancement. Oh wow, it's, it's fabulous. No, so uh, <clears throat> danger. I don't know. I mean, in the end, some people would also be in in favor of look. It's a valid transaction. Yes, it is a valid transaction, and and you can't get rid of it. You shouldn't get rid of it. That's also fair, but it's also not what. Bitcoin was meant for, and I would be willing to talk, sit and talk with these people and find a solution. That's the way to do it. But the way it's been done, that was clearly an attack. I don't think it's it's the way it should be done. Um, so I'm I'm happy. I'm more than happy to get rid of this uh, unnecessary block space from from the main layer. And, and this I've been I've been pretty clear about it. I'm not against people collecting JPEGs or whatever. Everybody can do whatever they want with uh, with the life. And, and it doesn't make sense because there are much better technology out there to do this. As I said, you know, we started our, our, our talk with uh, crypto projects in general. And uh, technically, technologically speaking, they are doing other stuff and they are doing it much better than on Bitcoin. So why not just go there and, and, use, and use that instead? Or, or why not bring that as a layer three, layer four, whatever on Bitcoin and use it for that? I mean, I wouldn't be against that. But as they are right now in the, the main layer, I don't think they make sense. Yeah, I fully agree with, with you here. Uh, I mean, uh, the the I think it's an attack. I think they try to attack it. But in the end, I think they just make Bitcoin uh, stronger with every attack that goes on to Bitcoin, uh, but it's uh, I fully agree with you. That's that's an attack that and it's an unnecessary. They could do it somewhere else, but they wanted to do it on on, on Bitcoin. I don't know if they think it's an attack, but it's definitely one. <laughs> well, they they are clearly happy that they broke Bitcoin, so I guess it's uh, they know exactly what they are doing. And fortunately, now it looks like it calmed down a bit. Because anyway, they need money for that. So at some point, eventually you get uh, out of money. But yeah, I mean, uh, I'm fine. I mean, look, guys, come with a solution on L2, L3, L4, whatever you want. If you want to work together on that, yeah, let's discuss and let's do whatever you want. But it's not the main layer, it's not the, the place it should be. Perfect. Then uh, thank you for being on. Uh, for the uh, last part, where do you want to people uh, to to direct people there? Uh, like, uh, where can people get in touch with you? Yeah. So I'm pretty much uh, recently only focusing on Twitter or X. Apparently, we should call it X now. <laughs> so uh, they can find me uh, if they look for my name. It's underscore Adam Bilikan underscore. Um, and also uh, for anything related to the project, uh, relay.app for our website. Perfect. Uh, thank you for being on. Thank you for having me, Robin. It was a pleasure.